illegal participation on the defense. 15-yard penalty from the previous spot remains first down. This had better be a big play after all of that. Second down and eight, four and a half to go in the half, six nothing Beavers. Jonathan from the right half from the zone 25, goes back to throw and throws the out, and it's caught, and it's going to be a big play! Chad Johnson down the left sideline, nobody will catch Chad, and it's a touchdown 75 yards for the Beavers! This is the moment, and right here will tell perhaps all about that. Third and one and a half from the right half. Simon's in the handoff, can't cut to the left, first down and more, 30, 25, 20, Simonton on his way, Ken into the end zone, touchdown Beavers, and the streak is going to end here tonight. The snap on target to Wojtnik, he gets a much better punt away here, Sammy Strotter back to his 30 yard line, starts up the middle, gets to the 40, he's got a seam, 45 midfield, 45, 40, he's got a chance to go, 20, 15, 10, 5, touchdown! Welcome to the the official podcast of the Heiner Tailgate. Recording this while firmly ensconced at the Heiner Tailgate headquarters, I'm your host, head chef, planner, and chief bottle washer, Bill Heine Heinrich. Joining me this week from the Oregon Caves, the lead driver and director of thermodynamic liquid immersion, my co-host and brother, the Beej. How you doing, Beej? I'm doing good, Billy. How are you doing? I'm doing good. You don't sound good. I, I got a little bit of a cold. Yeah. yeah. Ooh, that's it's, great. It's right cold in, in these caves. I bet. A little yeah. damp, a little musty. Exactly. I don't want to talk too loud. Afraid a stalactite might fall down on me. Oh, I thought maybe there might be some bears in there hibernating or something. I don't think there's any bears in here. Oh, okay. Well, the purpose of illegal participation is for us to spread our insight, experiences, and passion for the Oregon State Beavers with others, and just generally talk some beaver sports, football, tailgating, and screw around along the way. Today, Beej, we'll do a little beaver sports news. I think you've got an update from Eugene for us. Mm-hmm. Uh, we'll go under for the review for Week 11. We have a Tommy Tupperville Jackass of the Week award. We will preview the Week 12 games that are upcoming in the Pac-12. We're going to have a little Tanner Boyle makes me want to puke play of the week. And then we're going to talk a little Arizona State Heinrich Tailgater. And then I think you're going to finish it off with a Rosie Ruiz Cheaters and Horrors. I do. I have a very interesting Cheaters and Horrors. All right. Well, I just want to remind everybody, uh, if you want to get in contact with us, there's a couple ways. You can leave us a voicemail at 541-207-3586. Email us, HeinrichTailgater gmail.com. You can also follow me on Twitter. Just check out Heinrich Tailgater and also check out Heinrich Tailgater on Facebook. All right, Beej, ready to get into a little Beaver and Pac-12 news? Let's get this done, Billy. All right, Beej. First up is women's volleyball. I love women's volleyball, Billy. It's my favorite sport. Right on. Well, the Oregon State volleyball team battled the Washington State Cougars Thursday evening, ending in a 3-1 to win for the Lady Beavs. Nice. Yeah. Then the team glad, faced... Glad somebody can beat the Cougs. Yeah, there you go. Ugh. 
And then the uh, team faced the number two Washington Huskies Sunday evening. Now the Beavs battled throughout the night, but the Huskies would end up taking the match three to nothing. Mm. So the ladies are now 16 and nine overall, six and eight in the Pac-12, and travel this weekend to face number 20 Arizona State and Arizona down in the desert. Nice. Yeah. So still, you know, you need to win a couple more games in the Pac-12. They can get to about 500. They might be able to to make the tournament. Okay. Right. On to women's soccer, Beach. Dude, I love women's soccer, Billy. It's like my favorite sport. Well, uh, I hope so. Because uh, the Oregon State women's soccer team held an early lead but could not overcome a resurgent Oregon squad as the Beavers fell to the Ducks 2-1 to one Friday afternoon. Now, this contest mercifully marks the end of the Oregon State season as the women went winless. It also was the end of the collegiate career for junior, uh, excuse me, for senior Julia Sattler, who started the match in midfield. Not a very good season. Not at all. Yeah. Ofer is not good. No. All right, Beach, moving on to men's soccer. Well, if you call that a sport, Billy. Freshman Timmy Mueller scored the game-winning goal with 12 seconds remaining in regulation as Oregon State upset number 7 Cal in Berkey, Berkeley last Berkey. Friday. Berkeley last Friday. Now, Stanford scored late in the second half to break a one-run standoff and take a 2-1 to victory over the Beavs Sunday afternoon. So the Bees are now 10-7-1 overall, 3-5-1 in the Pac-12, and conclude the regular season at Washington on Saturday the 16th. Now these two teams tied 1-1 in Corvallis on October 12th. No sport should ever end in a tie. I agree with you, Beach. All right, Beach, on to wrestling. All right. Uh, the Oregon State wrestlers won 9 of 10 weight classes Sunday at the Mike Clock Open at Pacific University in Forest Grove. Hmm. Now, the Beavs open the dual meet season at 7 p.m. this Thursday with a home match against Southern Oregon. What's a dual meet season, Billy? That's when they're just uh, have a dual meet. So you're just it's just two two uh, wrestling teams going against each other. Okay. So like this other one was an open. So tons of different guys from different programs could could enter. So you're crossing multiple teams in one. Exactly. One matchup. Exactly. Okay. And so dual meet just means it's, you know, one school against another. Gotcha. So did, did Oregon go to that um, clock open at Pacific University? Uh, uh, who? Uh, Oregon. I'm assuming Oregon and a couple other regional teams were there. Uh, I don't know, Beach. Let me look through the results here. Um, hey, Beach. Yeah, Billy. I forgot the Ducks uh, canceled the wrestling program. You know, I don't know when I'm ever going to freaking finally remember that. Yeah. Every every week it seems like I continually forget yeah. that the Ducks cut the wrestling program. Ah. And it, it was due to budget reasons, right, Billy? Well, no, it's because they wanted to bring back baseball. Oh, that's right. Was that because Oregon State won a baseball uh World Series? Oh, according to Oregon, not at all. Had no influence on them at all. Oh. They decided that they needed it. Yes. All right, Beach, on to men's basketball. All right, let's talk about men's basketball. All right, Beach, the Oregon State men cut an 18-point second-half deficit to six points but could not complete the comeback as the Beavs fell to 
Western Oregon, 57 to 47, last Friday evening at Gill. Okay, how's Western Oregon supposed to be? Not very good, considering their Division Two team. Okay. Yes, but that was an exhibition game, so it doesn't count at all. Now the men open the regular season against Rice at 7 p.m. at Gill Coliseum this week, following the women's game against Portland. Alrighty. So we'll talk about women's basketball too, Beach. The number 20 women's basketball team got its quest for back-to-back tournament appearances off to a strong start Sunday afternoon, shooting 57% from the field and defeating Western Oregon 98-38 in their exhibition match. Hmm. You know what would be interesting? What? To have the girls play the guys. That could quite possibly be really interesting. Now, the Lady Beavs host their regular season opener on Friday when they take on Portland at Gill at 4 p.m. Okay, cool. Yeah. So uh, next up, Beach, is football. And uh, the only news for football is the kickoff for next week's game at the University of Washington has been set for 6 p.m. Or 7.30 p.m. on the Pac-12 network. We're not sure. It'll be one of those two times. We will know next week. Cool. Yeah. All right. Hey, hey, Beach. Yes. Is that the teletype I hear going in the cave? You know, you don't not know how difficult it is, you, how tough it is to get an extension cord that freaking long. I bet. Hold, hold on one second, Billy. Let me pull it off. Okay. Oop. I hope that wasn't too loud. <laughs> okay. Just in. There is no up from Eugene this week. It seems after Tuesday night, a large haze fell over the city, and he has yet to be forced out by local climate conditions. Calls into city officials have been brief at best. So far, the only official comments to describe are, Dude, far out. Dude, whoa, gnarly. We will keep you abreast of any changes to the situation. Really? That's all I got, Billy. That's all you got, huh? Imagine that. Last Tuesday, huh? Yeah, I don't know what the haze could be caused by. Does there seem to be a shortage of Funyuns and Doritos in the city? You know, I haven't heard. I I can only picture this like that Stephen King movie. What is it called? The Fog or something like that? Yeah, that's what it is. Except it's more of the haze. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, you think, you know, they're all about uh, air quality and, you know, environmentality down there. You'd think they'd have a little bit more concern, but I don't know. Maybe it's something we're not realizing. There you go. So, all right. There you nice. Here you go. We'll, we'll update you next week and see how see if that uh, if that haze does finally leave. There you go. So storms blowing in tonight. Yeah, I know it's getting cold outside too. Oh my God, I have to, you know, I had to walk all the way down to these caves and it, yeah, it wasn't pretty. I bet. All right, beach ready to go under further review for week number eleven in the Pac-12. After further review, the runner did cross the line. I'm 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 etching like like carvings in the cave with my nipples tonight. <laughs> wow, that's cool. Yeah. That's cool. Nipple heart. So anyway, what, what do you got? What, right, where are we at? So uh, after last week, this were the standings. You were in third place with 41 out of 67. Uh-huh. Kyle was in second place with 42 out of 67, and I was in first place with 43 out of 67. Okay. All right. And so uh, let's go on here. 
So the first game up last week was Notre Dame at Arizona State. Do you remember who you had? I'm pretty sure I took Arizona State on that one, Billy. I also took Arizona State. Kyle, however, I hate you, Kyle. Kyle took Notre Dame. Well, regaining composure after Notre Dame's furious second-half rally, Arizona State scored three late touchdowns and bolstered its playoff hopes with a 55-31 victory over the Irish on Saturday. Now, with Notre Dame quarterback Everett Golson leading the way, the Irish picked apart Arizona State's defense, scoring three straight second-half touchdowns, the last a 25-yard TD pass from Golson to Amir Carlisle that made it 34-31 with six and a half left, six and a half minutes left. Taylor Kelly for Arizona State threw his third touchdown pass of the game, a four-yarder to Demario Richard. Lloyd Carrington came up with Arizona State's second interception for a touchdown, turning a bobbled pass into a 58-yard score. Wow. Yeah, so Arizona State won. So that's a point for you and I. So I'm tied with Kyle. Uh, yeah. Sweet. Okay, next up, Beach was UCLA at Washington. I think I, I think I took UCLA on this one. Did I not, Billy? Yes, you and I took UCLA. Kyle, on the other hand, took UW. Now, Jim Moore's return to the University of Washington and the showdown between dual threats Miles Jack and Shaq Thompson became a showcase for UCLA quarterback Brett Hundley. Now, Hundley threw two touchdown passes to become the school's career leader, ran for two more scores, and number 18 UCLA completed a perfect season on the road with a 44-30 victory over Washington on Saturday night. Now, Hundley threw his 69th career touchdown pass on a 57-yard strike to Kenneth Walker III in the first quarter to give the Bruins a 14-0 lead and pass Cade McNown on the school's all-time list. Hundley added touchdown runs of four and six yards as UCLA kept alive its hopes of winning the Pac-12 South. Hmm. So, yeah, it's still kind of open for them. They, if they win out, they will go to the Pac-12 championship. Now, who do they have left? Um. Well, they've got USC, and I can't remember who they have this week. Okay. So, all right, Beach. So, you and I got points on that. Kyle did not. Sorry about that. Let's see. One, two. Okay. Um, next up, Beach was Colorado at Arizona. Do you remember who you took? I'm sure I took Arizona on that one, Bill. Actually, all three of us did. And quarterback Anu Solomon threw for four touchdowns and ran for a career-best 115 yards. And the Wildcats kept Colorado winless in the Pac-12 by beating the Buffaloes 38-20 on Saturday night. Now, coming off a 17-7 loss at UCLA, and playing at home for the first time in nearly a month, the Wildcats stayed in the mix in the South Division. Their remaining games are at home against Washington, at Utah, and home against Arizona State. Hmm. So all of us got the point there. Next up, each two games left. Next up was Oregon at Utah. I think I took Utah on this yes. one. You and I both took Utah. Kyle, on the other hand, took Oregon. Now, Oregon... Defensive back Joe Walker returned Utah wide receiver Kalen Clay's careless goal line fumble 100 yards for a touchdown, and Marcus Mariota threw three touchdown passes and ran for another score as Oregon turned back number 17 Utah 51-27 to on Saturday night. Now the Ducks score the final 21 points after Utah got within three early in the fourth quarter. Wow. Yeah, so Kyle got the point there. And last up, Beach. Washington State at Oregon State. 
I took the beeves on this one, Billy. Yep, you and me and Kyle. Now, redshirt freshman Luke Falk made his first career start and threw for 471 yards and five touchdowns, and Washington State snapped a four-game losing streak with a 39-32 victory over Oregon State on Saturday. Wide receiver Tyler Baker caught nine passes for 113 yards and a touchdown for the Cougars, for the Cougars who also snapped a three-game losing streak to the Beavs. Now, Oregon State quarterback Sean Mannion, who set the Pac-12 all-time record for passing yards last weekend in a loss to Cal, threw for 419 yards and a touchdown. Kicker Garrett Owens added four field goals for the Beavs, who have lost four straight. You know, we haven't had a, what'd they say? Said something about a conference one, but Colorado was a conference Yeah, win. the Beavs are like one and nine or one and ten in their last yeah. conference games. Yeah. yeah, I think that's what it is. But, you know, part of it, Beach here, well, first of all, uh, so none of us got the point there. We end up the week, Beach. You and Kyle are tied with 44 out of 72, and I'm in the lead with 46 out of 72. Okay. With three weeks to go. So, um, you know, the, the, the depressing part of the whole thing is of three of those last four losses, the Beavs have had fourth quarter leads in those games, mm-hmm. all except for Stanford. They led Utah late. They led Cal late. They led Washington State late. Mm-hmm. And they just couldn't hold them. You know, I get tired of people keep saying that the Beavs are crummy. They're not crummy. They're not a great football team, but they're far from crummy. You know, a great football, a crummy football team isn't in these games like the Beavs have been. More like Colorado. Yeah, exactly. But they just, the Beavs really cannot put it together at all. I, I personally just don't see any team leadership, you know, from, from the players. Mm-hmm. I see some really poor coaching issues. I do too. Um, Saturday at the end of the first half when Washington State got up to the line and snapped the ball before Oregon State was ready and ran it for a touchdown. That was pathetic. Mm-hmm. That's pathetic. That's half on the players, half on the coaches. Um, towards the end of the first half, when Oregon State got the ball back and they were driving and they had threw a pass on first down, they gained about eight yards, and it was second and two and 31 seconds to go. They don't call a timeout. Mm-hmm. They run 13 seconds off the clock mm-hmm. and then take a sack. Mm-hmm. When they had three timeouts in their pocket you don't get points for keeping them on the board no, i don't and, i don't understand that and, and and that to me goes to a couple different ways one i don't know how a coach doesn't call a timeout there right i don't know how riley does not call a timeout there there's 31 seconds to me i'm sitting up in the stands the whole time going timeout 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 you know i i know football pretty well i know the game pretty well and i think usually what i think they should be doing is usually probably what they should be doing. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I'm not trying to toot my own horn. I know the game of football. No, you're you're very knowledgeable really, in the game. Really, really well. And it just pissed me off when I saw that. They pissed away 13 seconds and then took a sack. And it's like, what the hell? Call a timeout, get your stuff set up. I don't know if, one, they ever call more than one play in the huddle, which to me would just call two plays in the huddle. We're going to run this. We're going to run that. Mm-hmm. So as soon as that play's over, get on the ball. We're running the next play. Mm-hmm. I can't believe they don't do that. The other thing is, I can't believe how your your senior quarterback doesn't call a timeout in that situation. Mm-hmm. Even if the coaches aren't, call a timeout. Yeah. Anyways, and just I don't know. I, I'm 
I, I'm really not liking this team right now. And I'm not saying I just don't. The, 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 what? What were you going to say? Beach? I No, I'm with What were you going to say? I'm totally with you. Yeah, I just. Yeah, I'm totally with you, Billy. I just. I think we got, got a delay. Yeah. But they're just not. They're not a very good football team right now. And I don't know what they can do about it. So. Go ahead. I heard Riley on the. Um, did you hear Riley get interviewed? At the postgame show? Or on yeah. the Sunday news conference? Uh, it might have been the Sunday news conference, but he, I don't know. I kind of think his job might be in jeopardy. Well, I, okay. I just don't buy that myself. You don't think so? No. Hmm. I don't at all. Okay. I mean, there's some people that are pissed, but, and I don't like this, but I, you know, I, I, I don't, I don't think you throw the baby out with the bathwater. I don't, he's still the same guy. He's still the same coach. Mm-hmm. Now I believe they need to work on the recruiting and we need more offensive linemen. We need more defensive linemen. We need some people that have some passion. I want a guy out there that's going to be a Richard Siegler and, and, and get guys fired up. Totally. And I just don't see that with this team. Now, you might not always – that's not always something that you can quantify when you're recruiting guys. That's something that just has to be. Mm-hmm. And right now I don't see – I don't think they have it. You know, you've got some, you know, some, some talented players at spots, but you don't have any guy that's going to step up and take the reins of leadership. And yeah. that's not something you can just assign a guy. He has to do that. So, anyways. All right, Beach, let's talk about the Pac-12 and the polls right now. Okay. Um, in the AP poll, Oregon moved up to number three. Arizona State up to number seven. UCLA to 14. Arizona up to 17. Utah fell to 25. And USC and Stanford are in the others receiving votes category. Now, in the USA Today poll... Oregon's at number four, Arizona State eight, UCLA 15, Arizona 18, and Utah and USC are in the others receiving votes category. Now, last week, Beach, when they announced the playoff positioning, and this is just kind of like a week-to-week thing, the top four teams were Mississippi State, Florida State, Auburn, and Oregon. So if Oregon, if the playoffs were to start this week, Oregon would be in the playoffs. Okay. But they still have – they've got this week off, but they've got two more games to play. Plus, they will have to play in the Pac-12 championship game because they have already secured their spot in it. Okay. Yeah. So we're just going to see who they play from the south. Personally, I think it's going to be Arizona State. We'll wait and see. But anyways, so that's where we're at right now, Beach. Okay. All right, Beach, we're going to move on to your favorite segment of the week. The it is my favorite. It is my favorite, Billy. Yes, the Tommy Tuberville. What's he think I look like? A jackass? You sure do. <laughs> jackass of the Week Award. Now, every week, we like to discuss a person in college football who exemplifies the truly worst in sportsmanship, leadership, 
or just being a fan. Now, this week, Beach, we're kind of going to hand out a rather sad jackass of the week award to somebody we mentioned earlier, and that would be Utah wide receiver Kalen Clay. Now, did you see this play, Beach? I did, too many times. Yes. Now, uh, the Utah Utes were on their way to taking a two-touchdown lead on the first play of the second quarter when quarterback Travis Wilson connected with Kalen Clay on a deep ball down the middle. Clay was cruising, but he left something important behind. Now, he dropped the ball at the one-yard line. So before he crossed the end zone, he dropped the ball. Now, an alert Oregon player picked it up and was hit by another alert Utah player. Now, so, now, now I'd like to note there were three uh, non-alert Utah players celebrating in the end zone. Correct. Now, the referees never raised their hands. In fact, the one that was standing on the gold line dropped his beanbag to signify a change of possession. And at first, the Oregon guys kind of stood there and looked at the ball, and then one guy picked it up. Now, when that guy picked it up, he was hit by one the one lone Utah player who was paying attention down there, and he lost the ball. But Oregon's Eric Dargan quickly scooped up the ball and started running the other way with it. Now, a flock of ducks gathered around him and escorted him 100 yards down the field and passed the only other Utah player that knew what was going on to the end zone. Now, Beach, that play covered 178 yards. 78 yards for Utah, 100 for Oregon. And, Beach, that play represented a 14-point swing. So from going from being going up 14 to nothing to it being tied 7-7. And really, Utah never fully recovered from that play. I, I, if that hadn't happened, I, th- I mean, I think Utah would and could have won that game. Yeah, Utah was really, really rolling at that point. Mm-hmm. And uh, just, like I said, they never recovered from it. So, and like I said, it's sad because it was just, it's just a boneheaded play. It's just boneheaded, it's showboating, and it's just... That, that's the whole thing, the showboating. It just drives me nuts. Yeah. You know, you're in college football. No showboating. Do your job. Do your job. Get to the end zone. All the way wow. through the end zone. Hand Dang, the ball I mean, to the official. Yeah. Now, now, did you know this happened, this play happened, a uh, similar play happened a couple years ago in the NFL with a wide receiver who used to play for the Eagles named Deshaun Jackson. Okay. Now... And Deshaun Jackson caught a lot of hell for it, obviously, when he was in the NFL. He still is. But you know what the interesting point about Deshaun Jackson and Kalen Clay? They went to the same high school. Really? Yeah, they both went to Long Beach Polytech down in L.A. Huh. Yeah, kind of crazy, huh? That is. Show buddy must be taught at an early age. Yep. So, anyways, Kalen Clay for dropping the ball one yard short of the end zone and ultimately probably helping cost your team the victory, you get this week's. Jackass of the Week Award. You know what really pisses me off about his decision? What? Not only did he disappoint his team, uh-huh. but he disappointed 10 other teams, teams in the Pac-12. Pac-12. That's true, he did. I mean, honest to God, tw- 10 other teams were banking on that. Yeah, we're, we're just rooting for it. Oh, yeah. It just it just pisses me off. I mean, he let down the whole freaking Pac-12. True. True, true. All right, Beach. Uh, you ready to move on to our ACDC musical interlude? Yeah, I need something to cheer me up. All right, Beach. Well, this week we are moving on to 1995's release, Ball Breaker. So now ACDC had released an album in 1990, and this was their longest wait between albums, five years. 
they released uh, Razor's Edge in 1990 and didn't release Ball Breaker to 95. Now, during the, the uh, Razor's Edge tour, um, there was a little mishap at a concert in Salt Lake City, I believe, where a couple concert goers got trampled. One died. And uh, I know Malcolm Young took the event hard. He actually came off the tour. He was drinking. He went to rehab. And uh, so it was five years between albums for him, which is a pretty long time. But uh, we're going to go with 1995's Ball Breaker, their first single off the album, Hard as a Rock.
All right, bees, that was hard as a rock. That's a good rocking song. Dude, wasn't that video? Weren't they driving around like L.A. in a Hummer? I think you're right. Yeah. Yeah. God, it's hard to believe that that song's been. Shoot, that song is dang near 20 years old. Exactly. Crazy, isn't it? Wow. I remember buying that album when it came out. It was, you know, it was a long dry spell. It was nice to get some ACDC back. Yeah, exactly. Now it's even longer between this one and the next one, wasn't it? Eh, it was probably another five or six years, I think. Yeah. Funny coming from a band that was putting out stuff like every other year. Yeah, totally. Totally. But I think their longest spell is between that one and then the one that comes after that. Anyways, we'll, we'll get to that next week. Okay. All right, Beach, ready to look at uh, the Week 12 preview for the Pac-12? Yes. Week 12, Beach, this is crazy. Crazy, crazy, crazy. There's only three weeks left. Mercifully, if maybe nothing else. <laughs> All right, Beach. Uh, the first game is we have a Thursday night game this week, November 13th, Cal at USC. Hmm. I'm picking USC on this. Fight on. Okay. Kyle says, I'm at home with a bottle of wine. Let's pick some winners. Then he goes on to say, hippies get mugged before they even get in the building. USC wins. Nice. And I, too, am going to take USC. All right, Beach, next up. Okay. Saturday, November 15th are the rest of the games. Three more games. First one up, Washington at Arizona. Who you got? Washington at Arizona. Well, you love to say Washington's just not all that good this year. Mm-hmm. I'm on that one. I'm, I'm going to go with Arizona. All right. I, too, am taking Arizona because, like you said, I don't feel Washington's very good this year. And they're beat up, too. Um, Kyle says, cats bear down and put a steamer on the Huskies. Wow. Arizona. Poop joke. Hee hee. <laughs> <laughs> See? <now> be... <laughs> what? That's horrible. So, now, when Kyle sends me this email, I literally just cut and paste it into our outline. Mm-hmm. And I, so I don't read. Nice. I didn't realize he was... Gonna so go it's there. a surprise to you is just as it is a surprise yes, to me. Yes, it is. It is. Nice. A big, hot, steamy surprise. Yeah. Oof, okay. All right, Beach. So we're all taking Arizona. Next up, Utah at Stanford. Who you got? Utah at Stanford. I'm taking Utah. Well, this sucks. I, too, am taking Utah. Okay. Kyle says... Wilson totally has it going on. I mean, I'm a guy. I'm totally into chicks, right? But Wilson, seven foot whatever, the mane of curls, like some sort of Nordic warrior. I mean, in a totally hetero way. Seriously, not gay or nothing. You twin. Does the guy look like Thor? I haven't seen him. Oh, oh, I guess in Kyle's mind he does. Wow. He is a big, tall guy, and he does have this blonde mane of hair coming out the back of his helmet. Hmm. I think he's kind of doofy looking, but, you know, even doofy guys got to get laid every once in a while. Uh, There you go, Kyle. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So we're all taking Utah. And last up, uh, the last game of the week, Arizona State at Oregon State. You know, I almost want to be like President Obama when he was in the Senate. 
and just vote present. You're not allowed to do that, Beach. I know. Well, I, I don't think I've ever voted against the Beavs, and I won't start today. But it's getting damned hard. I know. And that's what she said. Yep. So let's go Oregon State for the win. What what was it? Who Charles Nelson the X gets a square. X gets a square. There you go. I refuse to give up my beeves. I'm not going to do it now. So I too am taking the beeves. Damn the torpedoes. That's the way it is. All right. Kyle says, guys, listen. I want you to know. I love you guys. I just needed you to hear that because I do. You're awesome. And I love you both. Beeves win. I think I need some water and a taco. Maybe two tacos. I, I don't know what that's referencing right there. But I'm glad Kyle nutted up and took the beeves. Well, I think he went through that whole bottle of wine. I think is what's going on right there. Oh, <laughs> you're probably right. <laughs> I gotcha. Good one, Beach. All right. That, that that mad dog will really get to you after the about mad two, three quarters of the way through. Mean wine. <laughs> All right. Wow. So we'll have to just wait and see how this shakes out. Okay. Let's let's keep going. What do we got next? All right, Beach. I gotta get to bed. I know. Me too. All right, Beach. All right. So next up is the Tanner Boyle makes me want to puke play of the week. Does that booger eating spaz make me want to puke? Hey, Beach. Have you seen the duck game from last week in its entirety? No, I did not. I only okay. I watched part of it. I was in a bar or in a okay. restaurant. You need to open up YouTube right now. I am. I am opening. Okay. Now I need you to type in to the search bar. Mm-hmm. Pharaoh. P H A R. O-A-H, brown, injury. Pull it up, but when it starts, pause it. Okay, I paused it. Okay. So, Beads, this happened in the Oregon at Utah game on Saturday. Now, Oregon suffered a couple of possibly major okay. injuries in that, in that, what, don't play yet. They suffered a about three possibly really major injuries in that game. Um, center Horace Grassow was kind of coming out on a uh, on a block and he was pulling, and all of a sudden his leg just buckled underneath him, and it looked bad. And I think he might be done for the season. Which, if that's true, that's hard on the Ducks because he's their best offensive lineman by far. Mm-hmm. Um, they also lost cornerback Ike May Olamufu. I can't remember how you don't know how to pronounce his name, but uh, to another e- injury that looked like it might be season ending. And they lost Farrell Brown on the play that you're about to watch to a season ending knee injury. Now, before you play it, as you watch it, that's kind of a close up view from the sideline. Now, as this play ran out, they they're right down near the goal line mm-hmm. and the Ducks snapped the ball. Farrell Brown is lined up as a tight end, but back off the line about two yards. So he wasn't yep. lined up on the line. Now, so when you see him in this play, the guy you see there on their end is actually the tackle. You'll see okay. Brown come into the play. Now, they actually end up running out around the side and scoring on this play. And if you watch the play in regular motion, you didn't see it happen. Now, 
he got hurt. They didn't show it. They went to a commercial. They came back and they were talking about it. And they said the and the announcers on the TV said the guys in the truck said it's pretty graphic, so we're not even going to show it to you. So they did not replay it on TV. I, however, rewound it on my DVR and watched it, and it's pretty brutal. Now, Beach, before you push play, you will see Brown come to the line as the ball snapped. Mm-hmm. Now, if you watch his left foot, his left foot ends up stepping on the tackle's right foot. So he steps on his own teammate's foot. Ooh, I think I see that right here. Yeah, you'll see it. And then his right... His Is right, it really early in the play? It's towards early in the play. And then his right leg comes forward and hits the ground, and you will see what happens. So go ahead and hit, okay, hit play. I'm going to back it up just a little bit. So it's it's in slow motion, so you can see it. Describe what you see. Ooh. Ooh. Did you see his leg? I... I'm going to have to play it one more time. Watch his his left foot steps, but watch his right leg. Ooh, ooh, goal. <laughs> oh, my God, what the hell just happened there? Exactly. Holy crap. Kind of makes you want Holy puke, crap. It? it, like, the knee was gone. He just shredded his knee. I, what's so weird about that is there's no contact. No. He's not hit at all. And, I, I mean... <laughs> I heard some complaints from Duck fans that said that they, they said that the, the field surface there was bad. Wow. I don't know about that. I, I was I, looking I was looking at his left leg because uh-huh. I, I thought where he his his it's foot his stepped on the foot, other guy's foot. Right foot. But his whole freaking knee, his leg goes like instead of turning back, goes the absolute reverse of what your knee does to your leg. Yeah, and it's just weird because physically it doesn't seem right, right? Oh. Cool. With the laws of physics, it doesn't seem like his knee should go that way. Not without being hit. But yeah, he shredded that Is he knee. a pretty damn good tight end? He was, he was pretty good. Now, that being said, he was one of the a-holes that was in the snowball, snowball fight and dumped the whole bucket full of snow on the professor's car last year. Okay. So he was an a-hole. So you might just say karma's a bitch. It's funny because it shows all these videos of him. Uh-huh. You know, once you get done with YouTube, it's like, here's other videos with oh, yeah. him. Yeah. And so uh, or after Oregon's win over Washington, Farrell Brown, 9-11-14, uh-huh. the one-yard TD at Arizona, and then number five on the list, Oregon Ducks football snowball fight players get suspended. <laughs> yep. Yep. So anyways, so Beach, as you can see, that is very puke-worthy. Oh, golly. Brutal, huh? That's just, uh, that's just, you know, like I said, you, you got, you do have to watch that thing because it doesn't, uh, it doesn't look like it. Well, the problem is the guy scans away as soon as that leg does that thing. Yeah. Yeah. So oh. anyways, oh. so beach, that is our Tanner Boyle makes me want to puke play of the week. We don't do those all the time, that, but man, that, that, that could, I mean, that's a, that's a season ending injury, but it could very well be a life ending. Yeah. I don't know, but it's pretty brutal. Wow. Pretty brutal. All right, Beach, on to happier things. The upcoming Oregon State game against Arizona State and, more importantly, the Heinrich Tailgater preview that's coming up. Yeah, now, now, hold on. I want to jump back. So Oregon has a bye this week, right? Oregon has a bye. Okay. They're going to need it. Yeah. Yeah. It, it'll be interesting to see if those uh, – Brown's done. I mean, that's obvious. Yeah. But I wonder about the other two players. And that could really hurt them down the line. Okay, we'll go go on. All right, Beach. So we're going to talk about the upcoming Arizona State Heinrich Tailgater we've got coming up. Now, it isn't late game again, 745 kickoff, mm-hmm. which means we start tailgating at what time, Beach? Uh, 7 o'clock. That's right, 7 a.m. 
Because no matter what time kickoff is, we're out there and ready to go by 7 a.m. So you and I will be out there around 6 mm-hmm. and setting stuff up. Mm-hmm. And this week, Beej, as an honor to Arizona State and some of their kind of Tex-Mex heritage, mm-hmm. we're going to be doing Sonoran-style hot dogs and also nachos. So now for people that don't know, a Sonoran-style hot dog is kind of like a the Sonora State of Mexico. It's a street food that's served down there where they wrap a hot dog with bacon and then top it with all sorts of almost nacho toppings. Right? Mm-hmm. Um, so we're going to have, obviously, bacon-wrapped hot dogs. We're going to have black and pinto beans out there. We are going to go to Qdoba and get some actual Qdoba queso for the game. Sweet. Yep. you got to have the Qdoba. Yep. We'll be grilling up onions and peppers. And, of course, we'll have sour cream and guacamole and pico de gallo and olives and anything you could want to put on your nachos or your hot dog. Because with that, we'll also have chips, and I will be grilling up some marinated chicken out there and slicing that up if people just want to make nachos out of it. All right? Sweet. Yep. And you will be doing your normal deep-fried goodness. Yeah. And I think we're going to pull the trigger out since it's such a late game. And do some more cookies. That's awesome. <laughs> you want me to get the uh, Otis Spunkmeyer pre-balled ones? Or... I did like those. Those were nice. Those are easier to do. Okay, I can grab a, I can grab a, grab a case of those from uh, Costco. Maybe if maybe if they have some ones. Some what? Some white chocolate macadamia nut. Well, I'll get what I what they've got. Okay, sounds like a kind of stuck with what they got there, Beach. Okay. All right. All right, Beach. So, anything else you want to add to the tailgater? Um, I got nothing. Just hopefully we won't run out of won't run out of food this week. Well, we ran out of food. I mean, we'd only ran out with about a half an hour to go. But holy crap, we went through 25 pounds of tri-tip. We went through four giant pans of mac and cheese. Mm-hmm. That was at least five pounds of pasta in those things, all told. And and what about a gallon and a half of eggs? It was a lot of food that we ran through. Crazy. So. Anyways, but it was an impressive tailgater last week. I wish the game no. was as impressive. Yeah. But I was really impressed with my uh, Cougar Gold mac and cheese. I thought it turned out really well. It turned out fantastic. Yeah. So I will not be scared to do that again. All right, Beach. You ready to get on to our final segment of the show? The Rosie Ruiz. She's just a girl. She's a ball. She's a ball. Cheaters and whores. This one is an interesting one, Billy. I, 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 when I pick him, I think, I wonder if Billy knows about this one. So this one actually reminds me of a movie, and it actually says there's a South Park that was similar to this. Okay. So I'm just – so here we go. Cheating at the Paralympic Games. Hmm. Now, believe it or not, doping has been an issue in the Paralympic Games. But this cheating does not involve steroids. This cheating involves, to quote Zach Galifianakis. Galifianakis, yeah, he's the guy from the... uh, In uh, The Hangover. Yep, The Hangover. What does he say in The Hangover? I don't know. He was a retard. Oh, a retard. (laughs) Okay. Or more or less, the lack thereof. Intellectual disability. Mm -hmm. In the 1996 Atlanta Games, athletes with intellectual disabilities were were allowed to participate for the first time. So, uh, there's a basketball controversy that happened in the summer of 2000 Mm -hmm. at the Paralympics in Sydney. Not only did it have uh, numerous positive drug test issues there, 
but the uh, would it would be the venue for one of the most scandalous events in the sports history. Spain was stripped of all their intellectual disability basketball gold medals shortly after the game closed. After Carlos Ribagorda, a member of the victorious team and an undercover journalist, revealed to the Spanish business magazine Capital that most of his colleagues had not undergone medical tests to ensure that they had a disability. The IPC investigated the claims and found that the required mental tests, which should show that the competitors have an IQ of no more than 70, were not conducted by the Spanish Paralympic Committee. Ribagorda alleged that some Spanish participants in the table tennis, track and field, and swimming events were also not meaning that five medals had been won fraudulently. He went on to say that the Spanish Federation of Sports People with the Intellectual Disabilities deliberately chose to sign up athletes who were not intellectually disabled to win medals and gain more sponsorship. Fernando Martin Vincent, president of the FEDDI and vice president of CPE, initially denied the allegations. After it was confirmed that 10 of the 12 competitors in the winning team were not disabled, Martin Vicente publicly apologized for the error and accepted total responsibility, resigning just before the findings were officially released. Two weeks later, the team was officially disqualified and was ordered to return the gold medals. The controversy has been cited as one of the most outrageous sporting moments in history. This is brutal. It's unbelievable. This is why it, this is why I have such an issue with subjective things. You know, it should be the best of what you have. I... I and and when there's money involved, it doesn't matter even if it's for a good cause like this. Mm-hmm. Look at what it does to people when there's money being thrown around. Suddenly the lines of morality get get adjusted to justify people taking in a lot more cash. It's just unreal. Mm-hmm. So anyway, well, uh, to kind of get the reaction to the whole thing, the IPC announced that due to the serious difficulties in determining the eligibility of athletes, it was suspending all official sporting activities involving an intellectual disability. The IPC attempted to develop a revised system for testing for intellectual disabilities, but announced on February 1st, 2003, that all events involving learning difficulties would be abandoned for the 2004 Summer Paralympics in Athens. Following an anti-corruption drive, the International Sports Federation for Persons with an Intellectual Disability lobbied to have these athletes reinstated. Who would know that there's a lobby for that? I know. Beginning, I mean, there's there. <laughs> it's an amazing world. This this tells you that there's there's not enough jobs in the world for people to do, so they start making crap up. Uh. Beginning in 2004, athletes with an intellectual disability began to began to braided into the Paralympic sport competitions. The IPC stated that it would reevaluate their participation following the Beijing 2008 Paralympic Games. In November 2009, the ban was lifted and the IPC introduced a series of sports intelligence tests to confirm to claimed disabilities. Wow. <sighs> and again, I'm not making fun of people with mental disabilities, but it's it's just sad. That is just brutal. Uh, you know, just when you, th- yeah. I mean, how sad are people? I don't know. I mean, there's certain things you just don't do. Yeah. 
Yet people still well, do them. So that kind of brings up, have you ever seen the movie The Ringer with Johnny Knoxville? Yeah, that, well, that's what it yeah, reminds totally, me of. Yeah. yeah, I wonder if that was taken off of this or when that, that movie, movie came, came out. That movie came out in 2005. Okay, so maybe it was it taken off have. of this thing. I just thought that was brutal. So, oh, golly. Just brutal. Yeah. So there you go. I think that, you know, that could possibly be the worst one that, I've read that so is, far. Just because it's, you're cheating against mentally handicapped people. Yeah. <laughs> really? This is where your life is gone. I mean, I, I just guess I look at that. I mean, that's that's a greedy bastard right there. Because it is. you can't feel good about yourself about winning that. That That's somebody with absolutely no conscience. Yeah. Huh? All right, bees. Well, thanks for another enlightening uh, Rosie Ruiz, Cheaters and Horrors. Yep. I try to bring it, Billy. I hey, try to bees, bring it. Hey, anything else to add tonight? Nope, I got nothing. I need All to go right, to me bed. Too. Well, I want to thank everyone for listening to show number 55 of Luke with participation. If you'd like to leave a comment, send a suggestion, or ask a question, there's a few ways to get in touch with us. Voicemail, 541-207-3586. Email us, HeinrichTailgator at gmail.com. Follow me on Twitter, at HeinrichTailgator, or check us out on Facebook. Just search for Heinrich Tailgator. Beach, thanks for being here this week. And next week, we'll have show number 56. We'll have more of Fun and Frivolity, the... Hey, Beej, there. I'm here, Billy. All right. I don't want to screw around. You ready to do this? Sure. <clears throat> Hold on, I'm opening up my Mugatron's uh, TV. Sorry, I'm just tired. As I'm sure you are. Yes. So, are you ready to bring this? I'm trying to bring it, Billy. All right. I'm opening up my. My computer's just going slower than death. All right, Beach. <laughs> the, the, Sorry. Yeah, I'm going to have to edit that out. All right, Beach. All right. Sorry, Aren't I'm you, dying. I know. Quit coughing in the microphone. Well, at least I won't have to bury me. I'll be in the caves. All right. Just put so a plaque Beach, on front. I got to tell you. Here lies the Beach. <laughs>